You're listening to Station to Station, the podcast. I'm Joe Pavia. On today's episode, back-to-back World Series champion the Toronto Blue Jays go digital on Motorola Sports Tracks. Test, 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 check, one, two, check, check. Coming down in three, two, one. It was a simpler time. It was the early 1990s. There was no Wi-Fi or smartphones. The television world consisted of at least 30 channels. Telephones were still connected to an outlet from a wall and you had to sit in that location to talk. And mobile phones, at least the first one I had, looked like a big walkie-talkie used in the Second World War. That's why I found it intriguing when I covered a news conference which announced a new product called Sports Tracks by Motorola. This unit, which looked like something between a pager and a Tamagotchi, would deliver sports scores from a Toronto Blue Jays game to wherever you were. The company was test marketing the one team with the plan to eventually expand to others. By today's standards, it's ancient, but back then it was an exciting product geared to a traveling business audience who would not always be able to watch their favorite baseball team on TV or listen to them on the radio. Motorola teamed up with the Jays as they were coming off their second World Series win in a row. There's no movement in downtown Toronto, south of Dundas, a sea of people. One police officer estimated at least a million people are downtown celebrating the win, more on their way down there. Joe Carter was the man who gave the Jays the win with a three-run homer in the bottom of the ninth. Taking a look at the game, the Blue Jays trailed 6-5 after the Phillies rally for five runs in the seventh to take the lead. Paul Molitor, who homered and drove in two runs, was named the MVP of the World Series. It's the second straight year the Blue Jays have wrapped up the World Series title in six games. Last year, as I mentioned before, it took them six games to defeat the Atlanta Braves for their first championship. I was working the overnight news shift at CFRB 1010 in Toronto the night the Jays won the World Series. It was Saturday, October 23, 1993. What a night. I was the news anchor back at the station. Two reporters, Ellie Sedinsky and Bob Kompsik, were covering the party after the game, and a sports reporter, Mike Hannafin, was at the game and close to where Joe Carter's home run ball ended up. It's pandemonium in downtown Toronto. The Toronto Blue Jays have become the first team in 15 years to repeat as World Series champions with an 8-6 win over the Philadelphia Phillies. CFRB's Ellie Sedinsky is on the street with partiers. Uh, tell me, what's going on? of, you know, different kinds of things happening on different streets. On Bay Street, there are cars non-stop. They're honking their horns. People are walking up Bay Street North. On Young Street, it's a different story. It's wall-to-wall people. They're sort of moving like a river in different streams. Some are going north, some are going south. But it's crazy on both streets. Okay, thank you very much. We now move over to Bob Comsick. Bob, where are you? Uh, I'm a little southwest of where Ellie is, basically around uh, Young and Queen. And... Uh just unbelievable. It's, it's so crazy, Joe. You got you got people hanging out of cars. You got people sitting on cars. You've got others standing on. Uh, I'm looking at one in front of me here. Standing. Let me try to describe this. Standing with one leg on the rear bumper of the car in front and the front bumper of the car in back, and standing and sort of trying to make them uh, rock, as it were, and uh, just. You know, high-fiving, walking along. Uh, they probably don't know each other from Adam, and they're just walking up, high-fiving. And uh, they're going to wake up with uh, one heck of a hangover, but you know what? Probably a real big smile on their face. CFRB's Mike Hannafin is at Skydome, and Mike, I guess it's uh, a lot quieter now. 
Well, they're now uh, tearing apart the field at Sky Dome for the final time this year. Uh, kind of sad to see everything get knocked down less than an hour after Joe Carter hit the home run right in front of me. Uh, I was sitting in the left field bleachers. That's where they had the auxiliary press box. And the home run literally landed right in front of me in the Blue Jay bullpen. Uh, pandemonium, 52,000 plus going crazy. The fans going crazy in the stands. The Blue Jays came flying out of their own dugout. One of those scenes that lives on in history where Carter hits the home run and the players come flying out of the bench to watch to make sure it stayed fair. It did. And an emotional Joe Carter after the game was said he was very proud of his and the team's accomplishment. The voices of Ellie Sedinsky, Bob Kompsik, and Mike Hannafin reporting live on CFRB 1010 Saturday, October 23rd into Sunday, October 24th. I was the weekend overnight news anchor for about three years at that place and will admit in my days of all-nighters, that was a highlight. Now flash forward to sometime in 1994 and I got some reporter shifts during the daylight hours. Sometime before the baseball season began, Motorola introduced their Sports Tracks product. This is a feature I put together which ran on the afternoon show on 1010. Mike Marr from Motorola gives us an idea of one of the sounds the palm-sized device makes during a rally. Motorola had a part in Sports Tracks and are excited about marketing it to Blue Jay fans. Sports Tracks enables fans to get instant information on a Blue Jays game, whether they're at home or away, and whether you're at home or traveling anywhere in Canada. Don Gibson from Major League Baseball explains what it does. Well, basically what it will allow a fan to do is on any given moment during a game, you turn on the device and you'll be able to determine the score, um, what state of action there is in the game, whether there are runners on base, whether an inning is, a rally is about to start. So as a fan who is not able to be at the game or have access to a television or radio, this will give you a lot more information about what is going on at one, any given time during a game than any other device that we are aware of. Paul Markle is the director of marketing for the Blue Jays. I, I think it just um, keeps us, brings us closer to the fans. I like to think that um, sometimes fans are frustrated when they can't pick up a game on radio or television. And there may be a crucial game or a, or a favorite pitcher or player. In this way, the fan can keep in touch, closer touch. Mike Marr describes what Paul Markle's reaction was when he first heard about sports tracks. Paul Markle's opening comment to me was, you mean I could take this device with me on a golf course in Winnipeg and keep track of what the Jays are doing? And I said, yes. And he said, wow, that's neat. That's something I'd like to have myself. This product was passed around to a few other Major League Baseball teams, but didn't receive as warm a response as it did from the Blue Jays club. Here's Mike Marr on the three reasons why the Jays chose to market the unit. The, the, the tremendous support from the Canadian people. So that Toronto is not a market of 5 million people, but the Blue Jays are a market of 28 million people. And secondly, the class act that the Blue Jays are in baseball. There may be only a couple other teams on, a, on their caliber of total approach to the game, merchandising, professionalism, and, and have a really great relationship with their fans. And then I think the third reason being, uh, obviously, the, the world championships, and it's always nice to attach yourself to a winner. The unit sells for $149 and will give you stats until the end of the 96th season. Joe Pavia, CFRB News. A few things happened that led to the demise of this product and became a three and a half ounce paperweight for those who would purchase it. The Jays were not playing well in the 1994 season and then didn't play at all when the baseball strike started in August of 1994. 
That strike was over player salary caps. The postseason and World Series of 94 was cancelled. The strike would eventually end in April of 1995. But that wasn't it. In July of 1996, the NBA won a lawsuit to have sports tracks stop from taking the sports scores of its games without their authorization. Negotiations were underway for the broadcast rights to be purchased, but the NBA broke off the talks when they discovered Motorola wouldn't be able to get their machine to the public in time for the 1996 season. Within a year, Motorola would win an appeal but stop promoting the product in favor of a newer product they developed after teaming up with ESPN. It was called ESPN To Go Pager. Subscriptions for sports tracks, which ran at $159 for three years, would run out in 1999. You've been listening to Station to Station, the podcast. I'm Joe Pavia. Check out other podcasts, blogs, and photos that are posted to the site. If you want to get in touch, you can leave a reply at the bottom of this page or send an email to s2spod at gmail.com. That's the number two. You'll also find that address on the About Joe page. You can sign up for a free subscription to my podcast on the website. If you follow this site, you'll receive instant notification via email of a new post. That's all. See you on the next podcast.